This is the Education Exchange. I am Paul Peterson, Senior Editor of Education Next. The Education Next annual poll, which has been administered to a representative sample of the U.S. adult population annually for the past 12 years, has just released in this past week its latest results. And I'm very fortunate to have with me today Martin West, who is the editor-in-chief of Education Next, who is the key figure in designing the poll, um, to join me to discuss uh, some of the results. Now, a number of results were discussed on the Education Next podcast that Marty himself um, has each week. Uh, so today we're going to try to talk about some of the items that were not covered in uh, that podcast. And uh, one of the uh, questions that we did not talk about were the uh, questions about school choice. And uh, over the years, uh, Education Next has followed opinions on charter schools and vouchers and uh, tax credits and really is sort of an authoritative source on changing public opinion on this controversial topic. And of course, it's especially a controversial topic uh, right now because Betsy DeVos, the uh, U.S. Secretary of Education, has made this uh, one of her calling cards, one of her key issues, and she uh, has been uh, severely criticized by uh, senators uh, in, uh, on Capitol Hill, especially on the Democratic side of the aisle, for uh, her strong support for school choice. So the question is, has all this controversy in Washington spilled over into the public domain, and where does the public stand on this, on this issue of, of choice? And there are some changes this year. So, Marty, uh, what do you see as the biggest change in opinion on, uh, on the school choice questions? Well, I'll start with what I was most curious about going into the poll. I'm not sure whether it was the most important change that we saw over the past year. But as you know, uh, last year, our big headline was this sharp drop in support for charter schools, really bringing the public into a situation where the number of share that's supportive of the concept and are opposed was really uh, uh, identical. And uh, I think the big question for me was, was that the sign of a downward trend, perhaps because of increased controversy surrounding the issue? Uh, or would we see something of a recovery, perhaps suggesting that last year was, uh, if not completely an aberration, uh, at least not something that would continue going forward. And we saw uh, more the former, that there was an uptick in support for charter schools this year, five percentage points. Uh, it didn't completely eliminate the 13 percentage point drop we saw last year, uh, but got a good bit of the way there uh, and brought the share of the public that's supportive uh, really comfortably ahead those that are opposed, 44 percent now uh, support the concept. On, and the, so, on the other hand, this uh, improvement and charter support is concentrated among Republicans right. where the increase was 10 percentage points. So it was sort of like Republicans coming back home uh, rather than something like uh, a general across the board change in uh, public opinion. That's a fair point. And actually you see opposition to charter schools or, or support for charter schools increasing substantially among teachers as well. Uh, and so it does look as if the issue of charter schools has become more polarized over the past year um, and uh, so certainly that's not a, I would say, uh, uh, development without um, uh, some 
negative consequences for a movement that has tried to assiduously be bipartisan in its composition. Uh, but I think certainly it's better news than a five percentage point decline in overall support. You know, last night I peeked at some regional data that you had pulled together and uh, noticed that support for charters was up in the West. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you look at other data that we have and other surveys, uh, we know that charter schools have been opening up in the West much more than other parts of the country. And so there's a shift in where kids are going. I mean, who's going to charter school? Well, the answer is different in 2015 than it was back in 2009. A much higher percentage of kids who are in charter schools are living in the West because that's, that's the growing part of the country it's easier to open up charter schools out there in the west and now we're seeing more public support for charters in the west yeah it's a interesting development you're exactly right the support for charters and not necessarily other forms of school choice but charters in particular is a lot stronger in the west and i think that probably does reflect the familiarity of the concept especially in states like arizona and california that have developed quite substantial charter sectors over the past decade uh, these are big states, uh, and they have a lot of students attending charter schools now. Um, and that appears to have, uh, I don't know if it's led to, but it's been accompanied by uh, higher levels of support rather than higher levels of controversy. Well, the other big change was uh, had to do with vouchers. So uh, support for universal vouchers is up by, I think it's nine percentage points, nine percentage points higher than it was one year ago if you ask people the question, do you support vouchers for all students? Uh, or do you uh, support greater choice for all students uh, to go to a private school? And asking the same question as we asked last year, we get nine percentage points more support for this idea. Uh, but we don't get any change in the most familiar kind of voucher program, the targeted program. It didn't lose any ground, but it didn't gain any ground. So how do you interpret that? Well, again, I think uh, I would point to a pattern that you noted in the question about charter schools, which was that this increase seems to have been really concentrated among Republicans. So that's uh, whose support for the concept of universal vouchers. We didn't use the word specifically in the question that you're referring to, but uh, that's who expressed increased support for the concept, 64% of Republicans uh, saying that they do. Um, and support was really not much changed among Democrats. And so over the past several years, we've seen a polarization between the parties on the concept of universal vouchers that continued into this year. And, you know, I think it may be a reflection of uh, the greater familiarity Republicans have with the concept because of the advocacy from the Trump administration. Uh, we know a lot of times citizens uh, learn their views about issues from how their, uh, the positions that their elected officials take. And so the attention that uh, has been devoted to the issue, seems to have been helpful among Republicans. I think what's interesting on the topic of universal vouchers is that there haven't been associated losses in support among Democrats, as I think many would have expected. Well, the other big issue out there is, is Common Core, and uh, Common Core of lost a lot of public support when this was a highly partisan issue, and it lost a lot of support among Republicans. Uh, but this year, we don't see any change. So um, what's, what are the, uh, 
how, how do you account for the stabilization of opinion on the Common Core issue? Yeah, the Common Core was collapsing, at least in terms of uh, public support between 2013 and 2016. It seemed to stabilize a bit last year and then crept up a bit in 2018, at least looking at the public as a whole. Uh, so they're now at 45% uh, supporting Common Core. And of course, a substantial higher share expressed support for the concept of shared standards across the states if you ask them about it without referring to the Common Core specifically. So uh, we know that from that experiment that Common Core remains a unhelpful brand if you're trying to build support for the concept of national standards. But certainly this stabilization and, uh, and uh, tick upward has been uh, helpful for Common Core. Um, and what do I make of it? Meanwhile, our other data out there shows that uh, states have raised their standards. Since yeah. the Common Core came on board, states have raised their standards. We do have similar standards ac across the states, not exactly the same, but much more similar than we did 10 years ago. Well, and that, that's probably because of the Common Core movement. Uh, so. Yeah, so states have set much more similar proficiency targets, achievement levels that they're looking for. Uh, and, you know, many of them, whether they're still using the word or not, have something very much like the Common Core on the book. So uh, it looks as if a lot of policymakers, whether they were looking at our data or just recognizing the same thing, said, look, we can be a part of this without making the Common Core brand front and center. Uh, and maybe that's the best way forward. Um, you asked me what I make of the um, leveling off or even increase in support over the past couple of years for Common Core when it previously had been, uh, you know, falling through the floor. And I think that really reflects the fact that the Every Student Succeeds Act successfully diffused the question of whether the federal government was having any involvement in this effort uh, at all. And so, you know, um, uh, critics didn't want the federal government involved, but by the end, advocates didn't want the federal government involved because they knew that was the source of all the controversy. ESSA made it very clear that States are making their own decisions in this area. States have been smart enough not to continue to talk about the Common Core ad nauseum. And as a result, uh, you know, uh, you're, you, you've seen a, a stabilization. Well, a, the one place it didn't stabilize was among teachers. Uh, so support has been falling among teachers, and it continued to fall again this year. So. Uh, it, it, it slipped down by two percentage points. I don't think that was a well, significant change, but opposition did increase by seven percentage points. And so you're right. There are, uh, I think, one would hope that as teachers uh, who really know more what they're talking about when they're asked for their support for Common Core, as more of them have been actually implementing the standards, using them in the classroom, you would hope that their support for the concept would uh, would increase. I've, you know, in the past, as we've seen support for the Common Core among teachers drop uh, so sharply, I've really thought that teachers were largely uh, considering Common Core as a package deal with all of the new evaluation systems that were implemented at the same time as the standards and that that really had contributed to the erosion in support among teachers. Um, and I think some of that may still uh, be going on. And so I think it's hard to know what teachers think about the Common Core as a set of academic standards, as distinct from all of the policies that really came down the pike at the same time. 
So there's a couple of issues that are big uh, controversies between the Obama administration and the Trump administration, mm. and one of them has to do with whether or not to uh, uh, have federal uh, efforts to guide school districts to have the same suspension rates and uh, expulsion rates across uh, racial lines, or at least similar ones. Uh, and there was uh, a lot of uh, effort on the Obama administration to uh, encourage school districts in this direction. They sent out uh, some guidelines. Uh, now the Trump administration is talking about withdrawing them. They haven't quite decided to do that, but you have to expect that that's coming down the pike. So um, where's the public on this issue? Well, this is something we've been tracking for a number of years now. Uh, the Obama administration first issued that Dear Colleague letter, this guidance document for school districts in 2014. So we asked about the topic in 2015 and found very little support for it. Only 21% of the public saying that the federal government should um, require that school districts uh, uh, not suspend or expel students of different races or ethnicities uh, at a different rate. Um, and teachers were overwhelmingly opposed, 59% to 23%. Um, not much has changed. Uh, so support remains at just 27%. So this is up six percentage points, but still indicates only a small segment of the public willing to express support. Um, and, you know, opposition remains substantial. So you know, the Trump administration is actually now getting a lot of pressure from people who have been critical of this approach, saying, stop talking about it, uh, do something. And uh, it's, it's not clear that the public would be strongly opposed were they to take that action. Yes, it, that does sound like uh, the, I'm, I'm surprised the Trump administration has not moved more quickly, given the state of public opinion on that. And then there's another issue similar to that, and that has to do whether or not you should uh, take race into account when assigning kids to school. Uh, and, um, you know, there was a Supreme Court decision on this 10 years ago. And at that time, we asked the question, uh, should uh, school boards use race as a uh, one of the factors they take into account in assigning kids to school, and we found very little support for that. And so we asked the same question again this year, t uh, 10 years later. So we, we have a comparison over an entire decade. Uh, so have there been any changes on that one? Again, uh, not much change and not much support uh, for the idea, even if what you're trying to do as a school district is to promote school diversity, taking into account the racial background of students when assigning them to school, uh, to schools. So we find 18% of the public say that school districts definitely or probably should be allowed to do that. Uh, a quarter are unsure. And then 57% say that they definitely or probably should not be allowed to do that. Um, and, you know, this uh, lack of support is really evident across the board. Um, you know, only 27% of teachers, 31% uh, of blacks uh, say that they support those policies. Uh, that's, you know, higher than the general public. Um, but 46% of blacks uh, express opposition. What's probably most interesting to me about this, really two questions we ask related to this topic, um, is that in addition to asking about 
taking the racial background of students into account when assigning them to schools. We also ask about the family income uh, of a student when assigning them to schools. This is a distinction that makes a big difference from a legal perspective. Courts have been much more skeptical of using race in this manner in order to increase diversity than they have of the use of income. Uh, but the public is opposed regardless of how it's done. Uh, it seems to me that, for better or worse, there's just not a lot of support for um, manipulating school assignments in order to promote diversity. Now, there's uh, one change that did occur between uh, a decade ago and this year uh, in um, the responses we got from respondents, and that had to do with a question not about teachers, but about police. And uh, we find with, uh, with police, we find if you ask uh, the white population about their local police department, they are as supportive of it as they were 10 years ago. Like two thirds of them think uh, it, they deserve an A or a B on the five point scale, A through F. Uh, but if you ask African-Americans uh, what, what they grade they would give, um, they're not as willing to give them uh, an A or a B as they were 10 years ago. So we should probably step back here and provide a little bit of context for this finding that you're referring to. I agree it's very interesting. Um, you know, for years, we and other people who do public opinion work uh, on education have asked Americans to assign grades to their local schools. We've also asked them to assign grades to the nation's public schools as a whole. And a very consistent finding is that Americans assign relatively low ratings to the nation's schools as a whole. About a quarter of them give an A or a B grade. And they assign much higher ratings to their local schools, a bit more than half assigning them an A or a B grade. And the question becomes, what do you make of this? So uh, are the local views more uh, accurate because they're better informed? Or are the national views more accurate because people aren't willing to admit to themselves that they may be in a substandard uh, area with respect to public education. And so we tried first in 2008 and again this year to provide a different point of comparison. So rather than compare national views and local views, we said, well, what if we compare local schools to other local public services? Oh, we did both. We, yeah, still we, compare, That's we, right. we still compare national. And yeah. the local public services we asked about were the post office and the police. And what's striking to me is that when you do that, you find much higher levels of grades assigned to the local police and the local post office than you do to the local public schools. So yes, a bit more than half now of the public assigns an A or a B grade to their local public schools, but actually it's more like 70% when it comes to post office and police. Um, and for the most part, that's been the pattern we've seen in 2008 and it in 2018. Yeah, that, that, re that overall pattern hasn't, hasn't changed. But, the, but where it has changed is with African-Americans. Yeah. And, 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 and remember, this is now asking African-Americans about their local police. Yeah. It's not asking them about the national police or something like that. It's, it's focusing in on their own community. Now, why would people, I, I know the press has made this into a big issue, but 
uh, is this really affecting relationships between the African-American community and the police in their own local community? Well, our data would certainly suggest that it is, that um, uh, there has been actually over the past decade a sharp increase in the share of blacks who assign an A or a B grade to their local public schools, but the exact opposite in terms of the share that assign an A or B grade to their police force. So that's fallen from the mid 50s to, you know, closer to 40 uh, percent. And that's yeah, a, so it's a moving in the opposite direction. It's not it, like African-Americans are turning against every form of government. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so I think there's little doubt based on this that uh, the attention to issues of police brutality and violence have really influenced the way in which members of the African-American community view their local police force um, and uh, show up very clearly in our data. Well, thank you, Marty, for joining me on the Education Exchange. I've been speaking with Martin West, the uh, editor-in-chief of Education Next and professor in the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Uh, thank you for joining me, Marty. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Paul. Uh, this is Paul Peterson. Uh, join me every uh, Monday at noon on the Education Exchange when we release uh, the podcast of the week.